from Trisha. She left last night to go down, and she is spending the day with her mom, and they are Christmas shopping. This was the only day they were able to do that. And uh, Sue said, I thought you were going down there with them, and I just want you all to know, any opportunity I have to not go shopping, I'm absolutely going to take it. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but amen, right? But uh, anyway, she sends her greetings, and we were having a, a good visit yesterday, and we were just talking about how much we love you guys and, and how much fun the last few days has been, just having a good time and, and, and reaching people and loving on each other, and, and what a great church you are. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're pretty awesome. Go ahead and do that. Turn to your other neighbor and say, yes, I am. Go ahead, do that right now. <laughs> Go ahead and do that. We're going to talk today, this week and next, next week, we're actually going to be talking about being thankful and blessed. Thankful and blessed. It's a Thanksgiving theme, and then we're going into the Christmas season. I love the Christmas season, and it's almost here. But I thought it was very interesting when I started looking and thinking about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving has kind of become overlooked. Have you guys noticed that? I remember growing up, how many of you remember being in school and you make like the Indian hats with the little feathers you cut out? I mean, some of you really did that. You were real Indians, and so you did it, you know. But, but, you know, you'd make the little Indian hats and cut out the turkeys. You know, you'd do your hand and make the turkey. Now, I remember knowing when the seasons were growing up, because, see, we had four TV stations. How many of y'all had four? Three. There's the three. Okay. Two. Marty had two. Viola, <laughs> CBS, <laughs> do what? Had you had cable. Oh, well, that's just wrong. <laughs> that's just wrong. But I remember having, you know, we had the four stations. There was the, the, the CBS, the ABC, the NBC, and then there was PBS. Remember that? And so the public broadcasting. And I remember growing up, but you knew when the holiday seasons were coming because Charlie Brown came on, <laughs> right? I mean, that was kind of the kickoff to the holiday season was Charlie Brown, and there was, what, there was Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, right? Or no, excuse me, Charlie Brown, there's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. That was the first one, right? And then there was the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, and then Charlie Brown Christmas. So you knew where you were. It kept people like me up to date on what was going on. But I noticed something a while back, and I actually studied this a little bit this week. They have started every year moving the Christmas season, the shopping season, earlier and earlier. Anybody want to guess what the actual one, and I'm talking big retailers, anybody want to guess when they actually started decorating for Christmas this year? Give me a date. October, October the what? October the 2nd. I mean, we went from summer to ho, 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 right? I mean, I remember walking into Walmart the other day, or, well, back 1st of October, I walked in, and it was like, bam, Christmas trees everywhere. We went from selling swimming pools to wrapping Christmas gifts. And, and here's the problem with that. We skip all this important stuff in between. Because Thanksgiving is right in the big middle of all those things. And so I wanted to study a little bit. You guys like, know I like history. And I wanted to study a little bit. So I kind of looked up when Thanksgiving got started. Originally, Thanksgiving started as a harvest festival. That totally makes sense. Thanksgiving has been celebrated nationally since 1789. Anybody want to guess who started Thanksgiving? George Washington, very good. It was George Washington's idea to have a, a, a day celebrated as a federal holiday. Now listen to this. In 1863, during the American Civil War, President Abraham Lincoln proclaimed a national day of thanksgiving and pray. Listen, I want to I read this so you'll hear exactly what he said. It's exactly what Abraham Lincoln did, said. 
a national day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwells in the heavens. So Thanksgiving was created specifically. Now remember, we always think it's about the pilgrims, right? And and that's good that we celebrate what they did and, you know, they ate corn and chicken and that was awesome, whatever. But it's really about a day set aside to give thanks to God. And that really impacted me. Because I think I always thought it was about the, the pilgrims hitting Plymouth Rock and they didn't die and they had turkey and the Indians were cool and everything was great. But it was a lot more than that. It was a day set aside for us to say, God, today, today we thank you. We thank you for all that we've been given. We thank you for those things. And, and I thought, man, that is very powerful. So as I began to think about being thankful and blessed and researching it, there's a lot in our Bibles about giving thanksgiving. There's a lot about it. But I want to focus on one particular area today. And we're going to look in your notes on the screens to Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. And this is Jesus. And Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem, and he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. Now remember, those of you that that remember, or some of you might not, Samaria, they were outcasts. These people were were hybrid people. They they weren't Jews, and they weren't quite Gentiles, and, and here's the deal. And because of that reason, everybody hated their guts. Nobody liked them. And so they weren't anything, and so nobody wanted them for anything. And they were an overlooked people. As a matter of fact, if you were a Jew, to be called a Samaritan was a a slam. That was a slam. And so Jesus was passing up through that area between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers. Now, leprosy is a horrible disease. Literally, your skin falls off. Your body just decays. And, and people that were lepers, it's talked about a lot in the Old Testament, they would be outcasts. They couldn't come into certain areas. There were certain areas set aside for them. But anywhere else, you did not want to be around a leper at all. They were the ones that are far away. Don't come near us. And so, as Jesus entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. They didn't approach him. They hollered at him. And they lifted up their voices and they said, Jesus Master, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us, Jesus. When Jesus saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And the Bible tells us that as they went, they were cleansed. And I want to show you something here. Notice what, could Jesus have just said, boom, you're healed? Could he? Could he have just healed him on the spot? But notice what he did, and this isn't part of my sermon necessarily, but this is for somebody or somebodies. When Jesus said, I want you to go to the temple, I want you to go see the priest, then you'll be healed, he was requiring something of them. He was requiring them to do something. See, for many of us, we just want God to do something, but we don't necessarily want to participate. God, I want you to bless my family, and I'm going to sit in here, my spiritual lazy boy, and wait for you to do it. Can I just tell you something, folks? That's not the way God works. God requires you to do things. Jesus said, go see the priest. Now, let me just tell you something. If one of those guys would have sat there, would they have been healed? No, I don't believe it. If they'd have said, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Why can't you just do it right here? I'm not going to go do that. You know? 
If you're all-powerful and everything, why don't you just heal me on the spot? But here's the deal. Just like tithing, God wants us to be obedient. He wants us to do something. Even in the Old Testament, when Moses is talking to the people, God is speaking to him through the people and says, Listen, I'm offering you two doors, door number one and door number two. Door number one is blessing in life. Door number two is curses. Choose door number one. He still requires us to choose. Even though God is doing the heavy lifting, even though God is doing all the work in our life, listen, he's still, you still have a part to play. He's going to ask you to do something. And so the Bible tells us they start walking towards the temple. And as they went, as they were on, the Bible, another version says, as they were on their way, they were cleansed. Can you imagine? Every step they took, their bodies became healed, more and more healed, until before they even got to the temple, they were healed. Do you realize sometimes God heals you in the process? Sometimes it's not about the destination. Sometimes it's just about the journey. You know, Trish and I were talking about yesterday the event, the holodazzle event, and, and the, the feeding everybody event, the backpack event, all the different events that we do. You know what? To me, can I just be honest with you? The events are a lot of fun. But what I really enjoy is the before and the after part when all of us get to be together and serve. Really. And you think, well, that's crazy. The events are fun, but a lot of times it's the buildup to the event. And you say, well, Pastor, what do you mean? How many of you guys wrap Christmas gifts? Okay. How many of you spend a lot of time wrapping Christmas gifts? You're perfect gift bags. Come on, rock on. There you go. I've given gifts and trash bags, <laughs> so there you go. Maybe I gave you one and you threw it away because you didn't know. But check this out. You spend a lot of time. Some of you, how many perfectionists do I have here? You wrap a gift and it's so pretty nobody wants to open it, right? But how long does it take for people to rip open those gifts? Like two seconds. You know, it's like crazy. But you spend all this time preparing it. And that's kind of how I view these events and these different things that we do. A lot of times it's the activity and it's the fellowship and it's all the things that we're doing before and after that, that binds us together as a church family. It's the opportunity. You know, when we have worship practice during the week, we, end up, we, we have a great time. I love being with these folks. We laugh and carry on. That's as much fun as getting in here and doing the worship part. They each have their place. So these guys are walking along, and, and here they go, and on the way, they realize they're healed. They realize that they're healed. Look at verse 15. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, and he did what? He gave him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. He was an outcast. He was a nobody. Then Jesus answered and said this, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. In other words, when you started walking, your healing came. Go your way. But notice what Jesus, what really struck the heart of God here. And when I read this, ten got healed. Only one came back. And thank God for that. 
I want to tell you, this really struck me. Because I think of us. I mean, how many of you have stayed up in the middle of the night praying for someone, a lost child, and God did something amazing? Or maybe your job or your finances. Maybe you had somebody that was sick. Whatever the situation was, you were in a dire circumstance, and you cried out to God, and he showed up. How many of y'all have been in a situation like that? When you cried out to God and he did something? Most of you. But here's the danger. How many times has God answered our cries And we've never even turned around and said thank you. We never even said thanks. And we see here that human nature, 90% of us statistically, according to this deal, are that way. God, I need you, I need you, I need you. God, I need, God, give me a job. God, whatever the deal is. And then God shows up and we go, woohoo, and we move on. And we never recognize what he's done. Can I tell you something, folks? It's a heart issue. That really reflects who we are. That really reflects who we are on the inside. And, and it breaks my heart. Can you, can you really, I mean, even by, by reading this, it, does, it doesn't say that Jesus was sad or anything else. But, but I can see that he must have been saying, where's everybody else? We have three amazing kids, now four with Austin. Love our kids. Go ahead. Isn't he doing a good job? Come on. Y'all give him, give him a hand. But we have, we have four really, really awesome kids. I'm really so proud of all of them. You know, Miles is in the back there. Come on, smile, Milesy. There you go, buddy. Uh, I pulled up to, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to tell kids stories. Uh, I pulled up to the bank the other day. I'm in the drive-thru at the bank. And I pull up, and the tellers crowd around the microphone in there. You know, they pull up, and they said, Miles is so awesome. Are they cute? Yeah. And and I said, really? I said, what happened? They said, a little lady came in here the other day, and and the floor was, it was raining outside, and she walked in, she slipped and fell down, and we called, and Miles came over here and helped her. He's so sweet. But you know, as a dad, that really makes you proud, you know? And, and I, thought, I thought about, as I was thinking about kids, and I was thinking about giving gifts, because most of us, the Bible says, Jesus even talks about that we love to give good gifts to our children. The Bible says that, that, that parents want to give good gifts to their children. As a matter of fact, he says, even heathens do that. Even lost people love to give good gifts to their children. But you know what I love more? Is when my kids say, thank you. When I give them something and they are so appreciative. You know, we've all been there where you give them something and they're just gone. You know, and you're like, man, that's hard. You know, I, I gave that. I spent a lot of time, spent some money on this, put some effort. And they're like, okay. And it's just like they expect it. And then you move, that, that's hard. But when they say thank you, come on, parents, you know what I'm talking about. They say thank you. You know, I, I, a few weeks ago, I was thinking about my dad, and something came up, and, and I, I stopped what I was doing, and I called him, and I said, Dad, I just want to tell you thanks for being a great dad. I'm 51 years old, you know, but you still want to hear those things. You still want somebody to say thank you for the sacrifice. Thank you for what you did. Thank you, and that means so much, and here we see the heart of God feels exactly the same way. Because here's what God doesn't want. A bunch of selfish brats. 
How many of you have ever been around a spoiled child? Don't point, y'all, come on. For real. It is hard to deal with somebody that's spoiled. There are business owners in here that have employees that are spoiled. And you know because they're always the ones that want everything. They never say thank you. It's always about them, right? And I can tell you something from a pastoral perspective. I would say I'm almost an expert at this now. 90% of the problems that I deal with are because of somebody's being selfish. They want what they want, and they don't care what they have to do to get it. And I especially see that in relationships. And I'm going to talk to you in the next few minutes. And just so you know, this, this is Chris Clem's stuff of my research here. And I'm just going to share with you guys what I feel like is a cure for these things and how to have a grateful and thankful heart. Okay? So let's talk about the power of a thankful and grateful heart. Let's look at number one. When that guy came back to Jesus, when he said thank you, when he fell at his feet and worshipped him, that's the kind of attitude that I'm wanting us to, to think about right here. The power of a thankful and grateful heart. It gives us, it gets our eyes off of ourselves and gets them back on God. When we give God thanks and we give God praise, what happens is we get the focus off of me and we get it back to where it needs to be on God. And that's what that one guy did. He came down and fell on his face and he said, thank you, God. Thank you so much for what you've done. The scripture that I pulled up here was Luke 21, verse 28. Jesus is talking about during the end times, but the point that I want us to look at is when he says, now when these things begin to happen, when the world begins to get close to that time, look up and lift up your heads. Why? Because your redemption draws nigh. And I want you to understand that God, when we give thanks, we begin to lift up our praise. We raise our hands to God. We lift our head up and we look above our circumstances. We look up. You know, Marshall and I were walking down the hall. He's like, you know, 8 foot 12 or something. And we were walking down the hall a few minutes ago, and we were talking about looking up or something to that effect. And Marshall was like, yeah, you know, I'll look up. He, he, he sees everything a foot higher than I do because <laughs> he's just already up in that kind of altitude. But I think for all of us, what God wants us to do is look up because our redemption draws nigh. We get so focused on what's around us that we forget to look up and praise God. And when you do that, even physically, even physically, when you begin to look up and praise God, it changes your demeanor. When you look up, your shoulders go back. When you look up and lift your head, you begin to, instead of focusing on all the junk going on here, you begin to look up and you can praise God, even in the midst of hard times. And it gets your mind off and your eyes off what you see around you. Lift up your head and praise him. Number two, thankful and grateful heart reminds us that we're not in control, but that we serve a mighty God who is. It keeps us in the place of humility and dependency on him as we recognize how much we need him. When you begin to praise God and you begin to thank God and you get your eyes off yourself, you realize, now listen to me, I'm just going to give you a clue right here. You are not in as much control as you think you are. How many of y'all were in, in the areas yesterday impacted by the electricity deal? That was exciting. Wasn't it? 
I was, I, was over, I was with Wayne and Connie. We were over at the gas station, and all of a sudden the hurricane blew in or whatever that was. I mean, out of nowhere. And this is why it's great, Wayne. I didn't even tell you this. I had just finished washing my truck. <laughs> no lie. Like, but it looked good, didn't it? Five minutes, I just finished washing my truck, pulled in there. Wayne and I were over there talking, and all of a sudden, tornado blew in, felt like. And the power lines started hitting together. And then it got exciting. And popping and blah, and all of a sudden the power goes out. Well, we get back over here to the church and pull in, and we go back, and the outreach team is back there getting ready to cook the meal. We're not in as much control as we think we are. You know, here a few minutes ago, the power goes off, lights go down, sound system goes off. There's so many things that we take for granted that are day-to-day stuff that you don't notice them until they're gone. And the truth is, we're not in as much control as we think we are. Guys, we live under God's grace, and we get so used to the things God does for us that we don't even recognize them until they're gone. And when we are thankful and grateful we recognize that it is our dependency on God that is the only thing that keeps us going. We had heard yesterday, we're back there, there's all these people getting ready to come eat, trying to figure out contingency plans. The team was working on it. And, and then the power came back on at the last minute. And, they, and somebody else had told us they didn't think it was going to come on until 8 o'clock. And Feline called them. Next thing you know, we're on the phone. Power comes on. She goes, we got it. Thanks, bro. <laughs> But it, it, in that moment, it was a great, I was thinking of this point, Feline, I was thinking, how cool is that? That is a great example of you think you got everything figured out and then something happens and you realize how much not in control you are. And we need to realize that God is in control of this whole place and we need to be humble and grateful for all that he's done for us. When we give thanks, we are reminded how much we really don't have control of what happens around us and that God who causes the sun to shine and the wind to blow is in control and ultimately he alone guides our steps. Luke 17, 15 through 16 says this, Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praised God with a loud, loud voice and fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. He realized he wasn't in control. Look at number three. When you have a heart of gratitude, it leaves no room for complaining. One of my personal favorites. When you have a heart of gratitude, it leaves no room for complaining. And listen to me. These are some notes I wrote down here. It is impossible to be truly thankful and filled with negativity and ungratefulness at the same time. Listen to this, James 3, verses 9 through 12 says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and our Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce Fresh water. And then I wrote down here for our own definition, fire and ice do not coexist. What's in your heart's going to come out of your mouth. And I want to tell you, there are some people that you and I know that have such terrible attitudes. 
They have such bad attitudes, and everything they say is a complaint about this and that and the other thing. And the scripture says, guys, it ought to not be that way. When you're praising and you're thanking God for what you have, when, you're, when you have praise coming out of your, your mouth and your heart, it eliminates that other stuff. You can't have hot water and salt water coming out of the same, it just, uh, fresh water coming out of the same. It doesn't work that way. You need to be one or the other. And listen to me, listen to me. Praising God is a choice. You have to make yourself do that. Because there are some days that it's hard. There are some days that it's difficult, but you've got to learn to praise God. You've got to learn to lift your head, even in those bad days, and allow the love and the, and the mercy that God has in your heart to begin to flow out of you. Thank God. You may be going, oh, it's a rough day, but whew, it's cold outside, but at least I've got heat in here. That's something, isn't it? You know, there's two different kinds of people. Glass half full. Glass half empty. Which one are you? Glass half full. Come on, let me see your hands. Amen. See, that's the glass half full, people. Hallelujah, that's me. Right? Glass half empty. See, y'all don't even raise your hands. That's exactly it. Isn't that it? That's it. I'm not raising my hand. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. Ha! <laughs> Wow, that was better than I could have imagined. Thank you, guys. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> you know, I'm convinced that the majority of problems that we face are caused by selfishness. And in truth, in truth, we should be the most thankful people on the planet. We live in the greatest country in the world. And even though a lot of our freedoms are under attack, we are still the most free of anybody on the planet. And, and when you think about all the challenges that are going on in the world right now, guys, we've got a lot to be thankful for. Even in the midst of the challenges that we have, we still have so much to be thankful for. Well, here's number four on your notes. When you have a thankful and grateful heart, when you begin to praise God, it makes the enemy flee. It makes the enemy flee. You've heard me say this before, but fleeing is not an orderly retreat. Fleeing is running away. Ah! When you begin to praise God, the enemy cannot be around you. When you praise God, let me, put it, let me reverse this, since a lot of y'all are half glass full people, <laughs> empty people. When you begin to speak negative, you invite the enemy to come hang around. Put that in context. When you begin to speak negative, when you begin to speak doubt, when you begin to complain about people, guess who that sounds like? The enemy. I wasn't planning on talking about this. But I had a conversation with somebody the other day. And they were talking about some challenges they're having with people that were hurting them and saying mean things about them. And, and the Lord just showed me that those people were allowing themselves to be a tool of the devil. And I had never really thought about that. But when you complain and are bitter and talk down to people, what you are doing is saying, here I am, devil, use me. That's terrible. 
None of us like to think of that. I mean, I spend 99% of my time talking to us about being what of Jesus? The hands and feet of Jesus. We want to be the hands and feet of Jesus, right? But when you are bitter and you complain and you whine and you talk negative to people, you are being a tool of the enemy. That's terrible. Instead of bringing peace, you're bringing death. Instead of bringing hope, you're bringing despair. Guys, that breaks my heart. Because nobody wants to be that. Nobody wants to think that they're the one that the devil gets to use. I hope. That's a terrible thing. But what happens when we praise God? What happens? Here's the good news. If that's you, start learning how to praise God. Because here's the thing. Look at 2 Chronicles 20, 22. This is awesome. As they began, as the children of Israel, this is Old Testament, as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon. These, these armies were coming against the children of Israel. And here's what happened. The children of Israel said, ah, there's too many of them. What are we going to do? I know what we're going to do. We're going to praise God. So they start praising God. Worship team gets out. Hallelujah. And they start praising God, right? I don't know if they sang like that or not. But I, they started praising God. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord, set, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah. And what happened? They were defeated. They got defeated because the people of God began to praise him in the midst of their challenges. And then the Lord went out and fought their battle for them. That's awesome. That's something you can be doing right now. In the midst of the challenge that you're facing... Yes, look for solutions. Yes, do whatever God is. You know, you need to do that. But the other thing you need to do is begin to praise God right where you are and let him work on your behalf. Let him begin to work for you and watch what he does. Let him fight your battles, guys. That's awesome. Number five, a grateful and thankful heart keeps the door open for continued blessings. Woo! When you have that kind of heart, it keeps the door open for God to continue blessing you. You know, I go, I go back to the pillbox once a week, at least once a week, because I know that if I come back, Wayne's going to make me another chocolate mint shake. I took Taylor over there for lunch this week, and she likes chocolate chip mint shakes too. And so we sat there together, and Wayne came over and brought them to us, and, and I said, Wayne, the secret ingredient of his love. And he said, yeah, and I put extra malt in yours today too. <laughs> Listen to me. This is very easy to understand. If I just went one time, I might get one milkshake. But if I keep coming back, I'm going to be able to receive more of that. And in a very, very real way, when we have a grateful and thankful heart, when we keep ourselves in that position, it keeps the flow of God coming to us. It keeps his blessing coming. It's not a one-time blessing. It's an all-the-time blessing. Guys, that's, y'all, you got to get a hold of this thing because this is incredible. God doesn't want to just bless you one time and go your way. God wants to bless you consistently. It's not a one-time deal. You are his child, and because you're his child, and you're seeking him, and you're learning to praise him, and you're trusting him, he wants to bless you, Bernadette, all the time. I don't want to just bless my kids once a year. I want to bless them a lot. 
And when they reciprocate, when they show thankfulness and praise, you know what it makes me want to do? Bless them more. Why? Because they can handle it. But you know what I want to do with somebody that's spoiled? Do I want to bless somebody that's spoiled? No, I want to punch them in the throat. (laughs) Oh, is that very, very pastoral, was it? (laughs) That's what I meant. (laughs) But seriously, I don't want to bless somebody that's selfish. Why? But somebody that I want to bless, I'm going to tell you about Kennedy Grace. We can give Kennedy Grace some money. She did this on her band trip. We'll give her money. She will come back, and she will have spent almost all of her money on gifts for the whole family. That's what she does. We literally have said, when you go to school today, spend your lunch money on lunch, and don't buy everybody else something. She's got a heart like that. But can I tell you something? She's the kind of heart that God blesses because she is going to allow him to just flow through her. What about you? Are you thankful and grateful? Do you share? Do you love? Do you give? God's going to bless you if you'll be that way. Why? Because he knows you're going to bless other people. Do you see how the kingdom of God works? Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5 says this. This is David talking. He says, praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. And then he starts listing them. God, this is what you do. He is praising and thanking God right here. Check this out. He says, God, you forgive all of my sins. Did David sin? He was awesome at sinning. You never heard it that way, did you, Dave? He's awesome. It's, he, but God, he goes, but God, you forgive all my sins. Listen to this next statement. You heal all my diseases. God, you redeem my life from the pit. You know what that word redeem means? To buy back. That song we sang, Amazing Love. Jesus, you bought me out of the pit. He gave his life so you could come out of the pit. That's what that means. He bought you back. That's incredible. Who crowns you with love and compassion. God, you put love in my heart and compassion for other people. You satisfy my desires with good things. You know, we talk a lot about what your needs are and what your wants are. What your needs are and what your wants are. How many of you have a lot of wants? And and you know what's cool about this statement? Is God, there are times that God wants to satisfy your desires with good things. That is incredible. That's incredible talking about the heart of God. That God wants to give you good things. He wants to bless you. He is inclined to bless you. But he can only bless you to the level of your maturity. You know? There's a reason Danny won't let me drive any of his equipment. Because many of y'all suggested, let Pastor get on one of those things, and let's take a video. That would not be the only video. K-A-I-T, Channel 8, from the helicopter. 
They've almost got him stopped at the Strawberry River. (laughs) But God can only bless us to the level of maturity that we can handle it. And if you look at some people go, why, man, why is God blessing? A lot of times the people that he consistently blesses are people that can handle those blessings. And as you learn to be thankful and grateful, he will bless you more to the level that you can handle it. Guys, that's truth. Who satisfy your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And everybody above 50 said, amen. But that's part of our promise, isn't it? That God renews our youth, renews our strength. Acts chapter 13 verse 22 says this. After removing Saul, God made David their king and God testified concerning him. Now listen to this. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Now we've talked about many times and you probably heard preached that David was a man after God's own heart. But notice there's a qualifier here because here's the question. How did David become the kind of person that was a man after God's own heart? Look at this next statement. He will do everything I want him to do. I never noticed that before. It wasn't just that David had this magical thing that made him a man after God's own heart. David was obedient. David was humble. Even when he messed up, he would own it. And he would repent. So for you, this is the good news. This is the good news. No matter how messed up you've done things, no matter how bad you may have messed up life, no matter how how many times you've fallen down, if you'll come back to God, if you'll give him the opportunity, if you'll praise him and give thanks to him, even in the middle of your storm, he can fix your mess. He can change your future. He can give you, the scripture talks to us about, a life worth living. Right now you may look at your life and go, my life is not worth living. But God's plan has always been that you would have a life worth living. And that is his promise. This is not pie in the sky stuff, guys. This is real today stuff. David was thankful, grateful, humble, and obedient. And as he was those things, that invited God's presence to him. Notice it says he wasn't perfect. Jesus redeems your life from the pit. And when you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, his presence is with you and in you. Guys, this is incredible. Had some thoughts here and then I'm going to close. Our spirits are refreshed and renewed in him. God loves to give good gifts to his children. He delights in our thankfulness and pours out his spirit and favor over those who give honor and gratitude to him. I don't want us to be like the nine lepers that got blessed and just walked away. I don't want us to be those people. I don't want us to be the ones that God pours out all his blessings. He's pouring out blessings on our lives and our church right now. I don't want us to forget him in the midst of our blessing. I want us to be quick to run back to his feet and say thank you. Because if we'll do that, he'll continue to bless us. And as he blesses us, we get to bless other people. This week, and they tell us statistically, this time of year in general can be very difficult for people, especially those that have lost loved ones. This time of year can be very hard. There's a lot of depression this time of year. Um, 
there's a lot of people going back, and sometimes this time of year, you see pe- people that you only see once a year on purpose. Y'all know what I'm talking about? This kind of time of year can be that way because, oh, there's Granny Momo, and she, you know how she is, you know. Granny Momo. <laughs> I made that up. <laughs> but it's a difficult time. You know, Kim McClendon, we talked about Kim who passed away a few weeks ago, 56 years old, unexpected. And passed away, and Stan wrote me a note, and I want to share part of it with you. It says, our family wishes to convey our sincerest appreciation and thanks for your thoughtfulness, love, prayer, support, and beautiful flowers. It is difficult to find words to express how thankful we are for your expression of love to our family during this truly hard time. We are very grateful to our Highland Assembly of God Church family. We are blessed to have friends and family like you and are thankful for all that you've done. I'm not trying to pick on you, Stan. But in the midst of his pain, he is thankful. Don't let tragedy come before you become thankful. Learn to be thankful and grateful. I want to share one more part of Kim's story the other day. Stan gave me permission to do this. A day or so before Kim passed away, she wrote a check for the building fund and then passed. And Stan was at church that Sunday and brought that check. And I want, to, I want you guys to know something. That really impacted me. Because one of the last things she did on earth, unbeknownst to her, was, was commit to the next generation. And I think it's incredible as a memorial to her, that part of what she did is going to impact people for future. And she never knew that. But that's one of the last things she did. I don't say that at all to play on your emotions. I just think it's really amazing that she did that, and she's going to get to heaven. And that was one of the things. She, how cool is that? No regret there. Thankful. Blessed. Grateful. In your seat back in front of you, there's a piece of paper. Everybody look in there. It's a piece of paper that says, I'm thankful for. Everybody get one? If you didn't get one, we'll try to have some in the lobby. Now listen. I'm serious about this. I want you to do something a little different this year. Either at Thanksgiving or when you have time this week, I want you to sit down And notice I didn't even put a number. I just want you to take a moment and write down some things that you're thankful for. Guys, that is so powerful. Because here's what, let me tell you what's probably going to happen to most of us. Okay? As we get closer in the week, we have to start traveling. And oh, I forgot to run to the grocery store. And oh, I forgot to do this, that, and the other thing. And then the day of the event, oh, the biscuits are burning. And oh, there's all the other stuff that goes on, right? And what happens is we can't wait till Thanksgiving's over. Some of you are already saying it. And we miss the whole point. So here's what I want you to do. 
And I want you to do this quickly. Don't let this drop somewhere. This is important. Just sit down and write some things that you're thankful for. And then see if your attitude doesn't change. And see what God begins to do with that. Write down those things and then thank God for those things. Guys, I'm serious. This could be one of the best Thanksgivings you've ever had. Stan, this will be good for you. For those of you that have lost loved ones, for those of you that are facing challenges, take a few moments and write down, I'm thankful for the life that we've had together. I'm thankful. I mean, really get specific and do this. Let me tell you what happened. There was an organization that did this a while back, and uh, they thought that it wouldn't be funny. I'll tell you who did it. Everybody, anybody know who Mr. Rogers is? Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? How many of you grew up with Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? Interesting facts about Mr. Rogers. He was a Presbyterian minister that was going into the ministry, and when he was a young man, TV came on, and you know what he thought? Wow, we could use this tool to reach kids. And that's how he started his program. He was an accomplished musician, wrote most of the songs on the program. That was really cool. The little train that went through Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, 5,000 miles a year it traveled. Just thought you'd want to know that. But he received a lifetime award shortly before he passed. It's like a lifetime Emmy Award. And he stood in front of all those people, many of whom had watched him growing up. And he stood up there and he said, I want to take the next 10 seconds. And I want you to think about someone that you're thankful for that influenced your life. And everybody began to laugh because they thought he was kidding because it's Mr. Rogers. And the story says he lifted up his arm, looked at his watch, and he says, you may begin. He said the first couple of seconds the crowd laughed and carried on. But then people began to weep. As they began to be thankful for the influence of others in their life. And they began to be grateful and in those moments, their focus came off themselves and the awards they were going to get. And it went to those that had seated in their lives and helped them get where they were today. Mr. Rogers was a great man. What I want you to do is take some time and be thankful and thank God for what he's done. Thank God for your family. Whatever it is, write those things down. Keep that around. And let this be the best Thanksgiving you've ever had. Can you do that? Now listen, if you don't do it, I'm going to send a note to Santa Claus. Because <laughs> we're like, mm, you know. No, but do it, okay? Don't just let this be some exercise. Let's do what our forefathers intended and set a day aside to be thankful for what God has done for us. Amen? All right, let's all stand. Grab your neighbor by the hand. Up. Uh, Donald. Y'all sit down. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. What a great lead into this as far as being blessed and thankful. Yeah.
Well, thanks, Joe. Man. Well, while you are taking up the offering, I'm going to tell you some more fun facts about Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Since I had nothing prepared for right now. <laughs> Mr. Rogers, y'all remember he wore sweaters? Every sweater he wore was hand-stitched by his mother. One of those sweaters now sits in the Smithsonian. Isn't that interesting? Didn't know that. Found that out today. Thought that was pretty cool. Uh, also, Mr. Rogers, back in, I think it was 1979, 1980, there was a Senate subcommittee that had gotten together. And uh, do y'all remember VCRs? Anybody remember VCRs? Okay. How many of you knew how to set the clock on the VCR? Anybody? Wow, incredible. I still don't know how to do that. Get this. Do you remember for a while... Uh, there was a big stink way back then about not being able to record on your VCR. And they asked Mr. Rogers to come and speak to the Senate subcommittee. And he is one of the people that uh, was able to stand up and say, I really believe we should let this happen because kids' programs can be recorded and all that. And he is cited as one of the major reasons why you could actually record on your VCR. Isn't that fascinating? These mean nothing. These are facts that mean nothing. They will not help you in life. But uh, I just wanted y'all to, to know stuff. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much for that. We, we appreciate y'all giving, and, and that's incredible. All right, well, well, now let's all stand up. I'm sorry I made y'all stand up and sit down. It's kind of like doing the hokey pokey. Right on, right on, right on. Come on. <laughs> all right, grab your neighbor's hand again. Some of y'all are already doing it. You're acting like you like each other and everything. That's cool. Father, thank you so much. Lord, help us to be a people that are thankful. Lord, for those today that struggle, for those that are the glass half full people, Lord, help them to begin to, to have a heart that wants to praise you. That Father, the heart that learns to praise you even in the midst of challenges. Lord, help us to, to trust you. And Lord, we thank you that you've allowed us to live in such an amazing country at an amazing time. Father, help us to truly be your hands and feet. Lord, this week especially as we begin to walk out in a community and, and we go see family and friends, there are those this year that have suffered great loss. Father, we pray that you would comfort them in this difficult time. Lord, help us to, to be gracious to those around us that rub us the wrong way this time of year. Lord, help us to be thankful for them also. Lord, I pray for safety for all of us as we travel this week, that, Lord, we would come back together next Sunday and enjoy our fellowship and our time together. Lord, we love you, and we are thankful for all that you've done for us. And everyone said, amen. amen. God bless you guys. Have a great Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next Sunday. Okay.